back to Artist Avenue. My name is Christiana Hartiotis, and for today's interview, I am joined by the lovely Madeline Waters. Madeline is a London-based Canadian-born dancer. She has worked with artists such as Calvin Harris, Sean Paul, Robbie Williams, Years and Years, and Dua Lipa. She has recently broadened her creative capacity with professional experiences in film and television with release dates later on in 2020. I am so excited to be able to share Madeline's incredible journey with you all today. As always, I hope this episode inspires you to follow your hearts and your dreams, be unique, celebrate yourself, and remember, an original is worth more than a copy. Enjoy the episode. Let's start at the top and take us back to the beginning of your journey. Okay, the beginning all the way back, so a long time ago now, uh, in 2012. Um, I basically, I was graduating and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I had a friend of mine who I'd been dancing with for like 10 years, um, almost, uh, who was moving to London to become a dancer. And that was never really like a part of the plan. It was never really going to be a thing to be a, a professional dancer when I grew up. I just, I, you know, grew up dancing, just loved it. Um, and so, yeah, my friend was moving to London and my dad's actually from England. So when he was saying that, I was like, you know what? I don't know what I want to do next year. I don't want to go to school right away. So let me, you know, move to London for six months and live in a different city and see what that's like. And then I'll come back and go to school after that. So, um, yeah, I had someone who was coming to, to be a dancer. And that's, I guess, what sort of drove me to come and inspired me to make the shift to London. When you came to London, did you face any difficulties and challenges? And if yes, how did you overcome them? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely different. Um, and it's funny because I didn't really think it was going to be that different. You know, English, England is still an English speaking country and I'm from the, an English speaking part of Canada, you know. Mm -hmm. um, my dad's British, so there's, you know, I grew up with beans on toast and <laughs> Coronation Street and things like that. I was like, you know, I kind of know the drill, but um, moving to London, even just getting to the airport and getting onto a train straight at the airport, like we just went onto the Piccadilly line um, and had to take it all the way across the city to get uh, to where we were living at the time. And um, I was like, wow, this is so big. There are so many people. I just not really... Um, I couldn't believe really that I was living in a place like that, but it was more excitement than fear again, because I moved here without any pressure on trying to like be anything or make it. I was just exploring a new city. So it was very much from a place of like uh, curiosity um, and having fun with it. I didn't really put too much pressure on myself um, to try and like fit in or be something right away. And I think that really helps. Like I kind of allowed myself to discover London on its own, like to the, sweets that you would go to the shop and get like it's so funny because there's some things that you get everywhere snickers or a mars bar but then you like go and i'm like twirl i've never seen that before <laughs> you know and how did you then fall into the professional dancers world really right so that's where because i moved and i i you know lived with my friend lucas who um yeah, we moved together and he was becoming a dancer. He was already doing so well, like meeting people. He had worked with Aaron Sillis already, who like, it's just funny looking back on it now. And I've worked with him, it was like seven years later. Um, 
kind of full circle moments, which is really cool to have. But yeah, I had no idea who or what the London dance industry was, but Lucas was starting to get to know it and into it. And so I just tagged along with some dance classes. I think I took Cisco Gomez's class was the first one. And uh, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, they're so good. Everybody just picks up these routines <laughs> so fast, of course, you know, Cisco. And he's quite an intense character anyways. So I was like, oh my God, is everybody just like this? And um, I guess in a way, yeah, in the creative industry they are. But I just was never used to so much personality. Canada, I mean, we're very nice. We're pretty low-key, genuine people. Like, it's just not the same as you get in London, and um, especially in the creative field. So going to class and seeing all the dancers who were, you know, aspiring commercial dancers. And um, then he took me to Stephen Aspinall and Jack McKenzie's class. And I had never seen anybody uh, fuse like hip hop and contemporary like that. I'd never seen the style like that. And I just couldn't believe it. I loved it so much. And I don't know if I decided I wanted to be a professional that day, but I definitely knew I wanted to explore dancing more. Like I still wasn't quite done with it and so you know the first six months that I gave myself to live in London I just like dove right into that world you know we became quite good friends with them and Lucas started to work with them and I would always just I would just do as much as I could any dancing any rehearsals any class I used to just work and then go to the dance studio to take class and and I just it was just something in me, I just, yeah, I just wanted to learn more. I was ready. That was what I wanted to learn about. I was ready for that. And I had no idea. Um, Cause I had six months here and then I went back to Canada for two months to, mm -hmm. well, what I thought I was going to like apply for school and stuff, but I kind of went back home and I was like, eh, everyone's sort of doing the same thing, the same places. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to just come back here quite yet. I don't think I'm done with London yet. And you know, I came back to London, got a place of my own. And I think it was at that time, because it was tough, you know, being 19 in a different country, trying to like figure out how to rent a flat <laughs> on your own. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when I was going through that, as hard as it was, there was no part of me that didn't want to do it. And so I think that was the moment that I was like, yeah, I think I want to be like, try doing this dance thing. Would you say there's a difference between how they train dance in Canada in comparison to how they train dance in the UK? Yes, I think I think the differences are starting to close a little bit now, um, just because the world, we're getting so much more global and the training is getting to be like uh, the whole sort of entertainment industry in the Western world is uh, mm -hmm. at a certain level, no matter what country you're from. So people are wanting to train more. 10, 15 years ago when I was training, the dance competition world was quite intense. <laughs> it's very serious and I'm grateful for it because like we learned the commitments. Like if you were a part of the team, you show up to rehearsals, you know what you're doing. You have, like, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So we would always really try and help like bring each other up um, and, and took it very, very seriously. Um, and that was a pretty general like that all of my dance friends it was like that um anyone that I went to school with that also danced even if it was at different studios uh we would do dance exams every year jazz tap and ballet 
um, the RAD exams, which are similar to here, and I took it all the way. I went to advanced too, and you know, we used to do dance camps in the summertime that were intensive, like eight hours a day training for two weeks, kind of thing, like four hours on points a day. <laughs> I finish back on those times, like, oh my goodness, which is what people do in college here. But this was mm -hmm. when I was, you know, like 14, 15, 16 even younger than that. Like we, I did exams from when I was about six or seven years old, ballet exams and jazz and tap. Um, so I think that's the biggest, that was the biggest difference. We started quite intensely very young. Mm -hmm. um, and that sort of brought me to here because I didn't actually go to a dance school, um, like college or anything like that uh, in Canada or here. I just did the, I did my RD exams, which were through my dance studio and the comp competition circuit. And I think that taught me a lot of really, what you learn in college so once I got here I needed to more you know find who I was as a dancer and an artist and the style and that's what like what I noticed for people starting a little bit later here you know I some of the best dancers that I know started dancing at 18 I was like what that's so crazy I just I didn't understand that but it's because when you start a little bit later you have your own personality you know who you are as a person a little bit more so that you you have something to say behind your dance moves whereas when you start young you're like this is first position this is second position you just kind of learn the steps and you go within and of course you learn to like put your emotions and whatnot into it but it's just it's not the same when like you start to dance and you're really going through a breakup whereas like I was dancing about breakups when I was like 12 I had never had a boyfriend <laughs> right? like, yeah so I think that was just like kind of a, a big difference and what I really took from the UK when I moved here and taking class at you know Pineapple and Studio 68 and with all these people that Lucas had introduced me to and I started to find on my own um was that they gave me that like soul, that life and allowed me to find my own soul within the movement rather than just like get the leg here, or have the turnout, you know, that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. I must say as well, you have this unique and beautiful quality of teaching the importance of storytelling through dance. I think everyone has this going through training, be it young or like in the UK when you have training in college and you're older. I think there's a little period of time where everyone just kind of loses themselves for a bit and goes into technique. What do I need to do to get better? My stamina and everything. And yeah, it's really rigid and you kind of forget about why you started. Like, you know it deep down, but you kind of really forgot how you even got here at the start, what made you like really, really love it. And mm -hmm. I remember when, cause I had this in my first year of college and when you came in, I think we had you in second year, you came yeah. to teach us and mm -hmm. it was, we sat down for a bit at the start and then you were talking to us and then the way you incorporated storytelling into your dance and you still do it in your classes which is amazing so anyone who hasn't gone yet you need to go to maddie's class um i think it's such a beautiful quality do you think that you've kind of picked that up as you went along because it is really really unique how you teach it wow i really appreciate that thank you it's hard with stuff like this to have the answer because i have mm. been dancing my whole life i yeah. don't remember not knowing what first position was like i was in baby ballet when i was three years old right mm. like it's it has always been there and the teaching part I think you know I watched so many great people teach my peers and I just felt like I had something inside to share as well I was on this journey because I kind of started teaching you know while I was 
in mm. London, still learning about the industry, still finding my way, like stumbling my way through becoming the, you know, performer and artist that I am now. The teaching really helped me uh, have an outlet and to kind of like be able to share and have that connection. Like teaching always, I loved going to a class and feeling like I understood what you know, the dance was like, I love music because I love the words and what they say. And when you're like, yeah, you hear a song, you're like, yes, oh my God, totally. And then dance just can complement that. It's the, like the physical embodiment of, you know, mm-hmm. that feeling and that connection, um, which is why I really love teaching. I think that's why I get so fascinated. Maybe I think I would have picked up on the storytelling coming to London um, because I was seeing these people who were telling stories like I'd never seen told before. Like, I don't know if you know Stephen Aspinall. He, I think he still uh, dances in Amsterdam, I believe, in the Netherlands. But his storytelling is something that was just so alien next level to me that I I couldn't believe that there was someone who um, could, yeah, make you feel like that without words, you know? And I just, I love words. I love it when people explain things to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so that I think that's why I always wanted to try and give, you know, it's the whole, you can lead a horse to water, but only you, like, I will try and take you to the water as best as I can. That's what my classes are about, creating that environment where you can explore and find your own journey and your own story. But I think there's not enough. I always saw a lack of emphasis on accepting your story and your journey for who you are because like Mm -hmm. mine has been tumultuous there's been really highs really lows a lot of people I'm sure have a lot of different opinions on me just like with everybody else that's just a human thing and that's okay so it's like just if you embrace your story and who you are what you have to tell someone out there will connect to it no matter Mm -hmm. what as long as you're being genuine I just think that's such a basic thing that we're that's not always encouraged and I think it should be so I just do what I can for that and being able to come and work with students like especially at the colleges like I will never Mm -hmm. forget coming to work with you guys at (laughs) um, musical theater year two like yeah we went on I was but I didn't I didn't even know what I was saying at that point I was just figuring it out on my own like I hadn't even figured out my teaching method that year was a big uh, year for me as a teacher to Mm -hmm. really learn as to what worked and didn't and I'm so great to hear that you responded to it we were mesmerized it was such a fresh approach and we're like wow it's not all about go 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 (laughs) so I think after that we're all like oh okay yeah we remember this now (laughs) yeah and everyone has their own journey and it's I think a part of that came because I didn't go to college like I did just show up and figure it out the best that I can you know through London as a lot of people do like and a city like London, there's a few of them in the world that you can just go and, and find your own journey. And that's okay. It's okay to do the other way as well. Like, yeah, or a mix of it who like, listen to what people tell you, try it out. If it works great. If it doesn't try something else, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no rush to do it. Like that's another thing. Every people want results now, which is great. It's, it's good to have that motivation, but this Mm-hmm. it's hot it's gonna t- whatever your goal is it's gonna take time so you just yeah yeah be okay with that <laughs> and when you choreograph a piece be it for teaching or for yourself do you always 
lean towards choreographing to a song or lyrics, as you said, that really resonate with you? Yeah, definitely. And it's funny because sometimes there'll be songs and I'll like be like, yes, feeling this. I'm going to choreograph to it this week. And then I'll, you know, plan to choreograph to it that night or whatever. And if something happens, I take a class or, and I go back to that song in a couple of days. Sometimes I lost it and I, and it's not coming to me the way that it was. I wasn't feeling it. Not that I don't, you know, and I just put it, I have a playlist of um, like songs to choreo to and mm-hmm. it's, it comes, I don't know. There's just something inside that tell like it's either the right time for it or not the music that I connect to is always because of a personal, like, I'll put my own story. It'll be about my own personal life some, somehow. Um, and then, yeah, I, again, like with music and with the lyric, like with music, that's such a universal language as well. Um, obviously with actual language, that gets a bit tricky, but you can always feel a song regardless of what language yeah. it's in. Right. And um to be able to take that and maybe take an English song that I really, you know, understand and resonate with because I do really appreciate lyrics and poetry. Mm-hmm. I love hip hop and the flow that they, that has. Um, and to be able to take that and make it into something that people who don't necessarily understand the song, but they might feel it that little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with dancing to be able to communicate that and again have that connection that's the whole point of for me teaching and choreographing like I do it for myself but I do it for myself so that everyone else can do it for themselves you know it's for myself and others to make that connection hopefully so I that's all me and I think any artist really wants right yeah your career has obviously allowed you to work with some incredible artists and also travel the world because you've been on tours Mm -hmm. as well and Mm -hmm. I just wanted to dive into this topic a bit how is it being part of such a big tour yeah it's crazy (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. definitely crazy it's a crazy life it's it's amazing it it was always uh my dream I remember I do remember the day that I decided I wanted to go on tour it was like late 2015 and I just done one of my big you know first big professional jobs and I was like I want to do that everywhere on stage all the time like let's go and I had no <laughs> idea how I was going to make it happen or who I was going to make it happen with but I just I had that intention and it took a, a long time and a lot of work a lot of self-discovery um I auditioned for Dua actually I remember in the fall of 2017 for I think it was her new rules campaign and I didn't get it and mm-hmm. I was upset, but it was another day, another audition, another no, it's life of a performer. <laughs> and then a few months later, she auditioned again for the Brit Awards. And I went to that one. I was like, oh, they need more people. Like it was for a lot more girls. And obviously, so it's a higher chance of you getting it. I just went and I, I had done a workshop with Tugi, the choreographer. So um, an audition for her before, obviously. So I kind of knew her a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, her energy, which is very, I connected to on a very genuine level anyway. So it was easy for me. I just was able to allow myself to go into that without being like nervous. It was like, just do what you do, you know, Mm -hmm. which is what you should do for any job anyways. Because if you go in doing what you do, 
then the right job will always come to you, right? And it will always be a good experience. If you go trying to be something that you're not, it doesn't, I mean, sometimes it works out. But for me, it's always better just being genuine. And, and working with Tugi before and, and doing her class, it allowed me to do that. So I auditioned for that and got it. And um, we did that performance. There's a ton of us. There's like 100 dancers on stage. And I think there was another audition for at the same time as the Brit Awards for an advert, a Pepsi advert that was with Dua and Tugi as well, choreographer, same team. So I auditioned for that and ended up getting that. And I think it was just through that because with the actual tour, it was like three weeks after the Brit Awards and this Pepsi job. And they just asked us for our availability and I said that I was free, like for like a month. They're like for the UK tour, would you be available? And I was like, yeah, of course. I think it was through like the previous work experiences and then just the luck of the look and the brief that they had that it ended up being um, me and Belen who got selected because she had done the Brits as well and the Pepsi advert. So I think that there was like probably just a pool of us that they would have chosen I don't fully know. I'm just grateful every day that I was one of them. And yeah, we got a phone call the night before rehearsal say, saying like, you got it. Rehearsals are tomorrow at 12 o'clock at Pineapple. And we did like four days of rehearsals, went into production. Within a week, we were in Dublin doing our first test show. Yeah, it's maybe crazy. 10 days of first finding out. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the first sort of like peek into the, I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. I can't believe it happened this quickly, but okay, awesome. I guess like, you know, we're doing that now. And then the whole journey from then, I thought it would get better. And you, you like think that it does, but it's all last minute. It's all depending on times and visas and interviews, if they can make it work, flights, if they can make it happen. Um, but yeah, we did that, that first tour, uh, in the UK and they had said, oh, we might have festivals in the summer and that, but, um, throughout the tour, they started asking us about us visas and, uh, you know, our history and we had to fill out all these forms and stuff. And then it just, again, like they, it kept coming and it kept happening. It was like, okay, now you're going to do the, you know, UEFA Champions League final. And after that, we want you guys to go to America, but we have to wait for the visa to find out. So you're just like, I just remember being so excited, but also not getting too excited because what if it didn't work out? Like it could have just as easily something has happened and then say, no. Mm -hmm. You never know with that kind of stuff, right? Visas and things like that. So it was... um, it taught me a lot about the industry. Like once you get to a certain level, it is really like, go, go, go. You have to be ready for last minute things, both good ways and bad ways. Cause there was things that we thought we were able to do. And then just kidding, got canceled. Visa actually didn't come in time or whatever. Right. So um, taking that for what it is, it really taught you to roll, ride the wave. Mm-hmm not have any expectations yeah it was a crazy process to get into but once once you're there I mean it was such a great team Tugi and William who is Dua's musical director uh they're Mm -hmm. the ones who kind of choose the the dancers and then she chooses the dancers and he chooses the band and the team they brought together was amazing um so grateful for them 
And mm-hmm. when you're on such a massive stage, do you actually get different reactions from culture to culture that you go to? That is a good question. I, there is definitely a level for the most part. There was a couple of gigs that we had, um, more private events mm-hmm. uh, or corporate gigs that, uh, where the audience will be pretty like low-key, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'd say, like a little more tame. Uh-huh. But with Dua and her music, it's so fun and <laughs> dancey and jumpy that pretty much everywhere we went was like that sort of energy and reaction. But there was definitely massive differences. Like, I'll never forget, we had a show in Norway and they were moshing to like Dua's like most pop ballad <laughs> song, like making these mosh pits and to all of the other ones, like One Kish moshing electricity moshing, new rules <laughs> mosh pits. I'm like, okay, I guess that's the, how they do it in Norway. And um, in certain parts of Asia, like in certain parts of China, it was a little bit more low-key and they stand and they film a lot. Um, but then there was others, like the, the crowd that we had in the Philippines at the Mall of Asia was like, insane it was crazy um and yeah she she brings she gives a lot to her audience so so we get a lot back I'm very it's always kind of been like that for the most part um yeah throughout that's kind of the biggest differences I think in America we definitely get a lot more like messages from people they're a little bit more Mm -hmm. full out in like being properly fan fans Uh But also, as I say that, that exists everywhere, too. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, there were definitely some differences in in cultures and places. Uh, Ireland was crazy, and Glasgow (laughs) was crazy. Like, there's so, we performed in Glasgow twice, and I love, and in Ireland, too, twice. Love those shows. They're just so, yeah, so much energy, that little bit extra, like, (laughs) definitely, but, um, no, it's good. Good crowds pretty much everywhere. She brought, brings out the best in people. What's the biggest thing that you have learned on your journey, would you say? There's a lot of things that I've learned. I think the biggest one all in all is to realize the space that you hold. Everything that, you know, you do artistically, professionally, personally, it has an effect on yourself and other people like your future self as well as other people and I think I was really kind of like uh turned a blind eye to that because your ego plays a big part in that or my ego (laughs) played a big part in that and to learn how to uh recognize the ego and address it be okay with it and use it as a tool rather than uh let it sort of take over and take me into these darker places um I think for my whole like London journey, that's been the the biggest thing that I've been able to sort of learn and take away that I'm still learning and that probably will forever be learning and dealing with, but more now than ever, I've been able to recognize and accept um, that sort of part of me and that everything that I do really does have a consequence, good or bad to Mm -hmm. myself and other people. So like just being conscious of the space that I take you know? Yeah, definitely. And another hard question for you. (laughs) What makes you unique as a creative, as a dancer? The thing that makes me unique as an artist is kind of the thing that would make 
that makes any artist unique in themselves like my journey my experiences Mm -hmm. for whatever reason the stars aligned and birthed me on the day to make me the way that I am to be living this life that we're in and I think that I was always allowed that like even when I was younger I was always allowed to really follow whatever I felt like I needed to do be a part of my journey even if I wasn't allowed that I kind of did it anyways because as a very small child my mom instilled in me to you know be true to yourself not be afraid of exploring and mm-hmm. finding this stuff so um and I, because I was always allowed that I could always take that into my journey even good bad ugly I always gave everything of what I was at that time and uh, it goes into what I was saying before with the ego like you know as I've gone along the journey throughout um these last eight years in London especially in the last like five years of me really being a professional dancer is to um take the ego that might have driven the way of like finding who I was and staying true to who I was but like again using that as a tool really speaking to myself (laughs) using that as a tool to speak to myself and and become more conscious in what I'm sharing and how people not as how people might perceive but what I'm sharing and making sure that it is true to myself and not just necessarily what people want to see because that's the toughest part um I think being an artist is uh everyone has an opinion good or bad or whatever like and you want to hear that you want to take that but to not let that actually get to you and affect the authenticity in what you're giving right because if you're just giving what everybody wants to see I mean that's fine and you'll find success but um the joy of creation is when it's what is in you telling you to do that to share it, it like I said it sets me apart just like it's yeah. Each person has that within themselves to, to be set apart. Um, I am also, I would say, really not afraid to sh- like show my feelings. I will get very dramatic and very emotional in happy times and in sad times. And I'll overshare and not apologize for it. Um, <laughs> still figuring out if that's a good thing or not. But I think it, it definitely... Yeah, it definitely sets me apart, I think. And is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners before we end this? Any advice for anyone who wants to start out, maybe? Yeah, I think the biggest advice is to find your team. As much as I've talked about my own journey and fighting with myself and stuff, the the biggest thing that has allowed me to be in this spot and brought me to where I was is finding the right people. Like, I met, um, you know, some people who are still my best friends now who are my best friends now in like 2013 they just kind of saw me they're like this nice Canadian girl who is like in red lipstick and a winged eyeliner (laughs) Um, they're like come come with us we'll show you how to be like the London live the London life (laughs) and um they've been there to support me and to encourage me what I needed or to bring me back to earth when I needed it and I um and allowed me on this journey and this mess, like to be messy and to be, get a little crazy and still, you know, they're still there for me. They still accept me who I was regardless of 
you know, the state that I was in necessarily. And that helped me so much. So like, don't be afraid to find the people like who, yeah, like find the people who work with you, have the same goals, who um, see who you are and are okay with what that is. Any other advice else? Like awareness, spatial awareness is a big thing. Mm -hmm. Professionalism and awareness, like from the second you get to an audition, like it's funny because I'm kind of the first one I remember in school to be like, it's not the end of the world if you're not, you don't have a full face on, if you're not whatever. And I still kind of agree with that. Cause like I said, what's meant to come to you will, will come to you. Um, for the duo audition, she wanted natural face and I wore basically no makeup. That's not what everything calls for. Still be smart. If you want to be a, a you know, professional, whether it's a dancer or anything else, like understand what they're looking for and be okay with, sometimes that's not you. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. Like you got to be tough because there's going to be a lot of no's. You can't take it personally because it's not personal. It's never personal. Professional stuff and normally emotional things, it's not, it's not a personal thing. We're all mm -hmm. going through our own stuff right now. So keep genuine to yourself. Have the people who accept you for what you are. And um, yeah, don't, that's that's about it I guess <laughs> yeah no you touched upon something really nice there I think it's also about getting inspiration from people and being inspired by other performers but not necessarily comparing yourself to them mm -hmm. and not comparing yourself to their journey because that will just make like drive you crazy yeah it is oh my god yeah it is we are all on our own journeys and comparison is the killer the killer mm. of joy and happiness. Um, there's room, and this is something that I'm also recently growing to accept in my journey, is that there is room for everybody. No matter how it is that you process things or how it is that you see things, whatever your perspective is, um, it's important to be aware of other people's perspective and how they might perceive you, but at the same time, you were you were made this way for a reason so it's finding the both the goods and the bads in that and working with it rather than trying to change it yeah be it's okay with how you do it yeah being yourself <laughs> well it was lovely having you here today thank you so much for coming on and inspiring us and sharing the journey <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for having me I feel like I just rambled on a lot there at the end but I hope that you uh, enjoyed it I had a great time I did too thank you so <laughs> <Amazing>. much <laughs> thank you we'll speak to you soon I hope you have enjoyed this episode with Madeline Waters Artist Avenue will be back on Wednesday with another exciting interview keep your eyes peeled make sure to hit the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at Artist Avenue Podcast your support means the world Lots of hugs, keep smiling and see you soon!